everybody. Welcome to another week of the Fiber Coven podcast. We're so excited to talk to you about some yarny stuff and some witchy stuff. I'm Lauren from Valkyrie Fibers. And I'm Emily from Kitty with a Cupcake. Sweet. We have a teeny bit of news to start us off. Just wanted to let you know that we will be participating a little bit in Socktober, which is an October slash sock knitting thing that generally happens around the internet between all sorts of knitting personalities. Um, it's kind of uh, disorganized. Lots of people are doing lots of different uh, mystery knit-alongs or just regular knit-alongs. So to see what's out there and we will be producing our blog posts in the month of October entirely on socks and posting lots of sock progress pictures. So if you'd like to join in, we'd love to have you. Yeah. And if you want to join our Patreon in advance, you could look at last year's Socktober posts where we have all sorts of good information, like what our favorite tools are for knitting socks. We have our two go-to vanilla sock recipes that we use. There's all sorts of good stuff. Emily also does have a free sock pattern app for patrons too, the Witch's Brew, which I will be making this year for my Socktober. Yay. Sweet. Now, the part I'm excited about, finished objects. I see one. I finished something really big. <laughs> Emily finished something really big. Oh my gosh. It's... She's raising her arms like a gloriously pastel mothman. Yes. Yeah, so I'm wearing my waxing moon shawl like a cape right now for those of you who are just listening. It's the full circle version of my waxing moon shawl. Uh, which will be coming out in October and is currently available uh, as a preview test knit for Fiber Coven members. And it has 24 lovely little wedges that are all bordered with like little cute eyelets. And it's the perfect pattern for Advent sets or mystery mini skein sets. Uh, I made it for Power of the Full Moon Club. I'll show you my moon club version later because that's a whip but this is my finished version that i did in the earl gray fiber co alice in wonderland advent calendar from last year and i'm going to stop talking now so that i can show you the whole big thing away from the microphone i will talk for us (laughs) it looks so pretty so it's definitely like the full adult wingspan it's gorgeous it's a cape at the nape of the neck everything comes together and you can see all the beautiful colors it's such a gorgeous kaleidoscope it's very big (laughs) it's very big i I am working on the the border in half (laughs) Mm -hmm. i'm working on the border of mine so it's kind of a wearable cape at the moment and i'm really enjoying it yeah i really like how the border turned out um Mm -hmm. it's a little lacy border yeah it's a little lacy like wave border and I haven't measured, but I did use well over half of the skein of the full skein for my border. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm excited that this is done. Uh, I'm really only going to wear it for this podcast recording. And then it goes back in the closet because I don't wear things in public before I have done photo shoots for them, because that is mm-hmm. asking for something terrible to happen. <laughs> asking for a clumsy stranger to spill their, their coffee on you or something. Mm-hmm. Or snagging. Or an over-interested pet. Yes, I actually, Ash did snag it while it was blocking. I woke mm-hmm. up the other day to hearing little claws snapping on fibers, and she snagged two, uh, but I just like picked them back in with an embroidery mm-hmm. needle. She didn't actually break anything, but I was mad. Yeah, my little familiar is a big fan of sitting on damp wool, too. Shenanigans. Well, I did not finish anything this week. Yours was big enough for the both of us. 
Oh, yes. It's yeah, I've been glorious. working on this all year. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should we get into our whips? Mm-hmm. It's more of the same as- thing. <laughs> it is more of the same thing. I didn't drag over my waxing moon. I just got I did like three or four wedges worth. I think three I'll wedges worth at the border. For both of us. This that is sounds good. the waxing moon in the official moon club colorways. I'm showing you the back of it, I guess, but it's basically reversible. So I am on the fourth color flower moon mm-hmm. and I am doing the little cable edge on this one that's included it's in really the pattern. Pretty. And I think that it's, it's such a sweet little pattern. touch. Yeah. And I'm trying really hard to get this done quickly because I want to, I mean, the patterns are like done. So I just need to photo shoot them and mm-hmm. then I can release it so everyone can knit it for their advent calendars or when they buy full sets of the moon club minis when you do them at the end of the year yeah probably try to do that in November I haven't really decided yet what I've been mainly working on is the aura sweater it's upside down uh but I've been, I did a lot of good progress on the ruffle you can see here I left oh, yeah. my progress marker in from where I was last week I'm actually just got a couple more rounds and then it's I-cord bind off for this whole ruffle. Yay. But then the sleeves will go quick. I'm trying really hard to get it off the needles before October. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm um, going with about six inches of ruffle because in the project that you liked the best, that was what was uh, in there. But Mm -hmm. I'm excited. It's been going good. I've just been enjoying jamming along on this. And it's making me happy. I'm excited to um, get onto the sleeves. So uh, for the sleeves, did you know what length of sleeves you want? We'll talk have, about it later. I have options. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're sleeves. I can just keep knitting. Mm. You and I have a similar wingspan, so it shouldn't be hard to, mm-hmm. to for me to test out. So that'll be good. I think it's written like three quarters but that's totally flexible. But the only other thing I've been working on is my little vanilla socks. And I got a lot of work done. I'm through the um, through the leg. Nice. And that's yeah, the second one. Just, mm-hmm, this is the second one. This is Opal Sweet and Spicy line. I got it several years ago on my honeymoon. Oh, gosh, I should know how many years ago. Six. We got married in the same year. Seven? Seven. Seven. Yes, indeed. But I placed my marker for the heel. It's just a nice little little vanilla sock. I will be putting in an afterthought heel later. I got a ton of work done um, while we went out to dinner with some of Christian's co-workers and I uh, just sat there knitting a lot because I'm antisocial and I got a solid couple inches of sock done. Very nice. Mm-hmm. What else have you been working on? Um, the only other thing I've been working on is my vanilla socks, which are just a little bit bigger than the last time you saw them. These are my... <laughs> problems with porg socks uh by brenda and heather yarns and i I hadn't gotten it's very symmetrical yeah i hadn't got past this stripe so you can really see how it's like a mirrored stripe sequence Mm -hmm. uh which i think is fun uh i haven't really really knit socks yeah i haven't really knit socks with this kind of a stripe before Mm -hmm. i really like the speckly gradient section Mm -hmm. there and then there's kind of like a more straightforward section of brown and black and orange uh so they're very pumpkin-y i took a little picture of them with some of my decorative gourds because they're so pumpkin-y but yeah i'm having fun with these uh i think they will be nice 
this October socks because I will surely still be working on them through October because the waxing moon is so simple that it can mm-hmm. kind of take that like vanilla sock knitting mm-hmm. spot in my knitting lineup. And those are for you, huh? They are for me. Nice. Nice. Well, sweet. I guess we can talk about acquisitions now. Did you get anything this week? It did get something. This might be a long segment. I got a whole bunch of stuff this week. I got one thing, which was this yarn, which is really beautiful from All One Sultan. And this Mm -hmm. is one of their Halloween-y colorways. They had a Halloween update on Friday. And uh, this one is called I Was Supposed to Be a Slutty Jellyfish, which I guess they were going to dress as a slutty jellyfish and then dyed this yarn inspired by that. And it's like super up my alley, basically. I I saw it and I was like, well, I must have that. It's like a pinky, really pastel pinky base um, Mm -hmm. with like lavender and like blue tonally bits and then there's like mm-hmm. bright blue and shocking hot pink and purple speckles um it's really nice yes i really like it i got two skeins of it in fingering weight because i don't mm. really know what i want to do with it but i wanted to do something not just like a tiny shawlette um mm-hmm. i w- i'm probably going to design a fairly like simple vanilla e shawl in this i think is what i'm feeling like i just like want a fun pastel shawl basically it's gorgeous i love it yeah it's really nice it's it's even prettier in person than it was in the pictures i will say i think it like has a lot of like layered aspects Mm -hmm. to it it's super nice and each of the skeins comes with a little cute like evil eye Mm -hmm. stitch marker dealy which is nice. I love it. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of a light blue version of the evil eye because I've seen them lighter and darker, but the light one goes nicely with the light blue in the yarn. And I got a purple one on the other one. Ooh, matchy, matchy. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Very nice. That's all you got? Oh my gosh. I got, so I went into my OIS and I ended up, I, I brought Mr. Valkyrie. And I told him I was only getting one skein of yarn, which I did. I only mm-hmm. got one skein of yarn, but he's like, why are you bringing in an entire tote bag if you're just getting one? I'm like, so I'll show you the yarn first. <laughs> because the whole point of going in was I wanted something to go with this little Haverland nugget uh, from her epic space opera series. And this one was Empire Strikes Back uh, inspired. And we thought that a light gray would go best. And this is what I ended up with. Oh, it's sort of a light gray. Yeah, it is from <laughs> Pitchfork Fibers, and it's in Nuts Tahoe. My OAS had a trunk show from them in. Um, and this is Boogie Wonderland. And uh, I think I really got sold on this one because it's the same base. It is mostly kind of off-white with blackish, a little grungy of speckles, but there's sections of... Um, I see blues and pinks and oranges and purpley bits. And I think it's going to make for some really wild uh, textured socks. And I'm excited. Yeah. What do you, what do you think? I think together? that's going to be really fun together. Yeah. I'm super excited. So I got... are you doing like a mosaic something with that? 
So uh, this is going to be for my plaid blanket socks. That's from... right. That's right. Which is a mm-hmm. mosaic. Yes. Mm-hmm. It does use mosaic or slip stitch uh, techniques to make it look plaid-ish. This pitchfork fibers, which is mostly off-white with pops of color, is going to be my main color. And then I'm going to work in the self-striping to make the plaid look ultra variegated without having to tie in too many ends. That's going to be nice. And then Aubrey at Knits and Knots is a big fan of Spooky Season 2. So she had just gotten in a bunch of stain coats. I'm sorry, there's going to be lots of crinkling going on. So ah, look at these little, they're basically skin socks. Yeah, so I got four. There's another one that I'm already using for me. So this is some little, I think this one glows in the dark too. This is cool. just black with some little eyes, little cat eyes. And then there's some cute little ghosties and some stars and Ooh, the, moons. Those and, are like iridescent too. Yeah, and they're iridescent. So these two are going to be for giveaways. I got a lot of stuff for giveaways. Also for like one for me, one for giveaways. I got some Ooh, little those are fun. iridescent notions bags. I got one that's like kind of purpley iridescent and one that's kind of pinky clear, see-through iridescent. They're both clear, see-through eat. Um, it kind of reminds me of the hallway in art installation that we saw at the San Francisco MoMA. Yeah, the Olafur Eliasson Rainbow Bridge. Yes, thank you for knowing what it was. <laughs> I only know his name and what it was because he's one of my favorite artists, so don't be impressed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then Aubrey gave me one of the little stitch markers from the Sierra Nevada yarn crawl. So that is going to be on the one that is for giveaway. Cute. This will go straight into the giveaway box. And I also picked up a little pair of gold snips. Ooh, are those little gems? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that'd be a good giveaway prize. And And those are magnetic scissors. Those are the scissors that I use in my little Jimmy Beans magnet case. So if you have Mm -hmm. a magnet case, they do magnetize to those, which is nice. Mm -hmm. And then I needed another pair of Chowgoo size one nine inch cirques for Socktober. So I picked up that. Nice. And then, of course, my LYS is attached to a shop full of local indie art stuff. (laughs) So I got restocked my my, uh, cards. Cute. My greeting card selection. Um, my mother used to run a stamping and art store where they made greeting cards. So I'm definitely one of those people that is too snobby for Hallmark, only indie cards for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now there's not anything wrong with Hallmark. I'm just wretched. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got lots of cool ones, um, kind of like mountainy and fun, a bunch of greeting cards. And since we like puzzles, I got an indie puzzle with a bunch of like uh birds on it christian called it andy warhol birds because there's just lots of squares with different colored birds they are a little bit pop art birdie they're cute yeah but they're all different types of birds it's not like the same image in different colors they're all different little birdies with different color patterns facing different directions and i like the color scheme and when it starts getting cold and snowy we tend to do more jigsaw puzzles so yeah this one was super affordable it was less than 20 bucks which I oh, was really nice. good for an indie an indie art puzzle and that was the thing that filled up my giant tote bag that my partner was all like Good, I said you're gonna get one skinny yarn and uh-huh. I did just get one skinny yarn mm-hmm. but then I got I got something else, had an Etsy gift card mm-hmm. so I got a new pride flag mine was getting a little faded and I got it off of Etsy from Pride Flags SD, who I really like. Um, 
and it came in this bright pink wrapping paper that says the future looks brighter because of you. Oh, and it nice. made me cry a little bit because mm-hmm. I've been crying at things this week. <laughs> and, um, and it came with a little card and it, and it says on the back, like just, you know, general like care tips. And it, I thought this was a really sweet sentiment on the back. It says facing opposition. We recommend displaying our, your flag in the most prominent location or contact us for a bigger flag. We're here to help. <laughs> That's nice. Yeah. So I just pride, pride flags SD on Etsy. This is the second one I've got from them. I definitely recommend them. Quick shipping. It's got standard intersectional pride flag. Cute. Yeah. So this will replace my uh, very faded flag I have outside. I'm so happy. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. I sorry for the giant hole this week. Look I at you. I, you. You be shopping. I know. I be <laughs> shopping. I can't resist myself. Okay. When I, I did some shopping this morning. It's just not here yet. <laughs> Had to get that hocus pocus uh, lipstick from ColourPop. Ooh, and that sounds that sounds interesting. There's a black one. I want black lipstick. I think I need black lipstick. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, that's a good transition because today for a cult corner, we're going to talk about Goya's black paintings. Mm-hmm. So, so here it goes. Here's a little overview on. Uh, should I talk first about how I like found out I liked this painter, or like go for it? Okay. So in 2010, in July of 2010, I did a study abroad in my sophomore year in Madrid because I dated a boy from Madrid. And so that seemed like the logical thing to do. He wasn't there. We weren't anywhere, like on and off. That was an off phase. Anyway, I ended up in Madrid in the summer of 2010, which was actually a really wonderful time to be there. Spain won the Euro Cup. Rafael Nadal won Wimbledon and a Spaniard won Tour de France. Party, party central. But it was July in Southern Europe and it was very, very hot. And uh, luckily the Prado Museum, I forget whether it was free or discounted tickets for, I think it was free admission for students, which I was, and they had air conditioning. So I spent many, many an afternoon in the Prado Museum in Madrid, which is like the big, the big museum full of all their like national treasures worth of art. And there's lots of wonderful things, lots of good Renaissance stuff, like all those great classical masters. But if you go to the back and you go down a couple floors, there is this like sanctum of Goya paintings, which is all, they're called the black paintings. And it's all very like dark and creepy and witchy. And it was also, since it was dark and uh, in the basement, it was significantly cooler <laughs> and less populated than the rest of the museum. Um, and also had the paintings that held my interest the most as they are most rooted in um, paganism and mythology. So I spent a lot of time just doing my homework and chilling down in the black paintings room in the Prado Museum. I highly recommend the Prado Museum overall and specifically the little Goya cave of the black paintings. So I have in my little sticky note of notes right here, uh, Francisco Goya, he was born in 1746 and lived till 1848. Um, his He's generally thought to be the bridge between like the classic old masters and modern painters. And you can really see that in his style. He was a court painter uh, for the Spanish Royal family for many, many years. And he saw a lot of change in his lifetime, both in terms of art and in terms of political and like war and society stuff going on. He definitely saw like the Bourbon dynasty of the Spanish rulers 
and what they were doing as well as the Napoleonic Wars that were all over Europe at the time. Mm -hmm. So in 1793, he had some sort of illness, uh, some sort of like medical event that left him uh, mostly deaf. And he was still able to continue his work as the court painter, but his uh, influences got a lot more dark and depressing. He definitely like pulled a Picasso way before Picasso and started painting a lot of marginalized people. I uh, started painting people in asylum, started painting scenes of paganism, started painting scenes that were definitely a very realistic and pessimistic view on war. He's most famous for his uh, painting La Maja Desnuda, which is one of the most famous nudes. And it was like the, one of the first quote unquote modern nudes where it was like uh, a woman that wasn't being like degraded. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you like take an art history class in high school or college, you've seen this one. Probably it's a woman reclining mm -hmm. on a chaise lounge. Yeah. And she's clearly a privileged woman who is very relaxed and not like a sex worker or anything or like a scene from, you know, a horrible myth in antiquity where somebody is being sexually assaulted. So it's definitely like this. This is like a, a woman who's comfortable being herself and being naked. There's two versions of it. There's a version of her with clothes. Like there's La Maja Desnuda and La Maja Vestida. But these are also uh, in the Prado as well. So definitely worth checking out along with all of Goya's like portraits of the royal family. He's got a really distinct style. You can really tell there's tons of his stuff in the Prado. He... He did. He wasn't doing so well with being deaf and uh, seeing a lot of uh, political turmoil in his uh, country. He was really probably, as we would say now, definitely dealing with some like depression and some big sads. And he lived in a house that was called La Quinta del Sordo, which is the house of the deaf man. Apparently the previous occupant was also deaf. Um, and then Goya himself was deaf. And he painted a series of very... Uh, overwhelmingly dark and black um, colored paintings on the walls of his house. They were not intended for public viewing. You could definitely tell because he painted them like directly on the walls of his house that they were not intended to be moved, not intended to be shown. But there are like some really fantastic works of art. I highly recommend you like type Goya's black paintings into the old Google box. Uh, probably the most famous from his series of black paintings is Saturn devouring uh, one of his children. That one's a one from mythology. He has lots of scenes of definitely poor people. And they're definitely very like skeletal and goblin-like, which is very interesting. I really like the one that is the Witch's Sabbath. It's pretty big. It's really interesting. It's a crowd of definitely a mixed group of people racially all worshiping uh, Baphomet style goat-headed god. I think that one's really interesting. It's all very sepia and black. You could definitely argue that some of the depictions in that one are a bit racist, but um, I don't know. I like it. I find it interesting. He was one of the first painters to to like study and show marginalized peoples. But the a couple of the paintings that we really liked when we went uh, right before the pandemic. Oh, this was another part of my story that <laughs> I forgot to tell. So like, I definitely loved Goya from my experience in my study abroad and like hiding out in the cave of creepy Goya paintings. Uh, but we were actually able to travel to Spain right before the pandemic. And I was telling Mr. Valkyrie, I was telling my partner, like, I love Goya. He's one of my favorites. And there's a Goya exhibition of all his like pastoral scenes going on. So we're like going through and it's just like 
portraits of the royal family, like advertising pastorals of like cheerful enlightenment era people. He's like, this is fine, but why do you like this so much? And I'm like, no, no, there's good ones. There's good ones. And I drag him through like rooms and rooms of like, honestly, fairly boring and pastorals. He's like, I don't get it. And I finally drag him down into like the cave of black paintings. He's like, oh, I get why you like this now. And there are a couple that really caught my partner's eyes. He really likes the one that is the fight with cudgels. And that one's interesting because it's layered. There is a landscape scene and then you can tell painted over, I don't know what order they're painted in, but like painted at a different time is two figure, figures of two men that are fighting with clubs. My partner really liked the expression and action and motion in that one. And then there's one other painting I wanted to talk about, which was the dog, which is honestly very modern in my opinion. Um, and definitely, I think it's one of the reasons why Goya is considered like the, one of the bridges between classical paintings and modern paintings. It's just this little head of this little black dog. And there's these sweeping waves of color that are like, there are kind of sepia tone colors that are supposed to be like water. And this little dog is, you can tell he's just trying to keep his little head above water. I was talking about this with Christian last time he was here. And since we've we both, we've been trying to decide on art to put on our walls. And we were like, oh, we both really liked all the black paintings. We should get, a, we should get a collection of these to hang on, the, of prints to hang on the walls. We were both on board with that. He came up with the idea and I have to admit, I love it. Just going to like TJ Maxx and getting one of like the chuggiest signs ever that just says gather and putting up all the black paintings around it, like in our kitchen, like Saturn devouring his children and the witch's Sabbath and like, and like the men fighting and everything. <laughs> and just having that. As <laughs> I also like, like the gather under the witch's Sabbath is funny to me. <laughs> right. I think that's super funny. <laughs> they want to do it. Oh. Man, I guess at the end of the day, I would just have to say, if you've never seen Goya's black painting, type that one into your old Google box and uh, give it a give it a look. See, did you have anything to say from your um, experience with actual education in art history? No, I wasn't super familiar with uh, this series of paintings because I haven't studied Goya specifically. The only one that I had seen before was the Saturn devouring his uh sun painting mm -hmm. uh which is creepy af <laughs> mm -hmm. and but i really like the witch's sabbath one and i also liked the fates one there's one that's mm -hmm. kind of like some uh female figures and they have like scissors and they're kind of painted over a landscape kind of similar to the cudgels one that you were mentioning yeah and there is actually another one in the prado that may or may not be goya they weren't super certain um, but it's a similar idea. There's, it's a landscape with like a gigantic figure. And this one is more of, um, like a, a, a nude study, like the one in the, the fight they're, they're clothed people fighting, but this one is nude and it, it definitely gives off big attack on Titan vibes. I had to throw the nerdy reference in there. I like it. So yeah. Spooky paintings for spooky season. Goya's black paintings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was definitely, once you kind of see these, you can tell that he was a big influence for some of Spain's more famous painters like Picasso and Dali. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Salvador Dali is lots of his stuff looks like this, especially like mm -hmm. the landscape the color. colors and yeah. Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, sweet. I guess that's about it for our content content. We can uh, do a little shameless self-promotion and be on our way, huh? Mm -hmm. Did you have anything to promote this week? I have a tiny bit, 
The Power of the Folk Moon Club quarter four listing is now up on Etsy. Uh, so you can get that if you are not getting the Power of the Full Moon Club kits. If you are getting the kits, don't purchase the Etsy or not the Etsy, the Ravelry listing because mm-hmm. you already get a free code for it in your box. But mm-hmm. if you're knitting along with us and you aren't getting the kits, then you should pick up your pattern uh, on Ravelry. It's just the info page right now. But as we get closer to the full moons in October, November, and December, the patterns will automatically go up there. Great. Awesome. And then so I'm going to be having a little shop update on Sunday, uh, September 26, 9 a.m. Pacific. And I'm going to have some more self-striping because I'm currently sold out. And it's kind of spooky season themed. I will be having a restock of Witch's Brew. Um, this is the one that Emily used for the sock pattern of the same name. I will be having it on high twist BFL and Matt sock. And I will be also having spearmint tea to go with on Matt sock, which is, uh, believe it or not, a minty color. Mm-hmm. It's minty with kind of some earthy grungy speckles and some purple blue speckles. It's nice. It's one of the stripes in, in the color way. So I'll no. be having, I use it for heels and toes and cuffs in my witch's brew socks so if you want to see exactly how this would knit up as socks go check out that pattern yeah so i'll have that and i'll also have a brand new self-striving colorway i'm quite proud of it's very like um very autumnal but it's inspired by my favorite gremlin robot from (laughs) star wars this is c110p for chopper um and it's got, it's eight stripes, which is more than usual for me, but they're my usual stripe width. So it'll just be a longer uh, pattern. So it goes orange, yellow, orange, black, tan, gray, green, tan. So that's nice. the stripe pattern, but it's, you can see here, it's hopefully you can see, maybe you can't, <laughs> you can see it's very autumnal, very like grungy gourds. I really like it. It makes me happy. It's the same orange as in the uh, Ghost Crew colorway. Same orange I dyed for Chopper the first time. It's the same orange I dyed for Chopper the second time. So those, if you already have that, they will look a little similar. And then I'll be having this on both Matt Sock and High Twist BFL. So yay. Once again, that's coming up Sunday, the 26th at 9 a.m. Pacific. Exciting. Well, that's it for us. If you're looking for either Emily's patterns or my yarns, you can find links to everything at fibercuffin.com. Mm-hmm. So easy. Yeah. And if you felt like being our patron, we'd love that. Come hang out with us in our Discord. Well, until next week, Kevin, keep making yarn magic. Bye. Bye. Bye.